You want to swap with Austin so you have an escape route if required. <laughs> you just do this pose and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maxim will be here shortly to finish up your photo shoot. <laughs> mm, it's getting a bit hot in here. What is it? Do you want my leg? What would you like to do about that, Michael? Can you blow on me for a bit? <laughs> Gently. How's that? I think it's getting lost. From the wind. <laughs> no? No. I should practice. Didn't get anything from that. It's going to be a rough one today. I'm going to artificially up my energy levels. How good is it? How, how good is it? Everyone's excited today, energy. How are you feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just just lift up, just up those energy. Just we're gonna go, we're gonna go hard mm -hmm. into this mm -hmm. one with a little yep. bit of an yep. accelerator. To All right, the, build me up. Building you build up. Build me up, here we go. Looking good, we're getting into it. Getting uh, in the mode. Ask me again. Peek it again. Ask how me again, we're doing, oh, how we're doing yeah. Michael. Tell me, Nick, tell me. Tell you. Wait, ask me. Ask. I already did ask you. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm the same as I was before. Damn it. It did not work. All we did was got louder. You see but the not uh, in, more, not Dow Jones Index crashed. Did it really? Yeah. How many points? Seven points. Seven points? It's hardly yeah. a crash. Out of 13,000 odd. Did you, did you sell before? before you didn't that? give me a heads up. If you'd let me know, I would have got out while it was still good. Okay. Do you have shares in anything? Yeah. What do you have shares in? Colgate. Do you... <laughs> That's ironic. People always need clean teeth. I figured it's just science. Bit ironic. You have nice teeth. I Let know. me see those. Pearly Ooh, whites. Pretty good. Not a smoker, so still got nice teeth. Yeah, well, you'll have other uh, ailments. Cancer, probably. Uh, no, wait, that's smoking. Smoking's the cancer one. Uh, what's the thing that I'm going to get? Broken heart. No, That's what you're gonna no, die of. I already have it. Uh, fulfillment. Is it full, long life and fulfillment? Yeah, long life fulfillment. That's what. I'm, yeah. It will. It will eventually kill you. Really? Too much happiness. Just go out with a bang. Just heart exploding in pleasure. Out of a cannon, you know. Hunter S. Thompson got the his famous author. Ashes. Why did you do that? Just explaining. Um, got his ashes blown out of a cannon, paid for by Johnny Depp. <laughs> I did not know that. It's pretty interesting. Was that because Johnny Depp was already a fan, or was that as promotion for the Rum Diaries? No, that was he was friends with Hunter S. Thompson in real life, very closely. Oh, now I can understand why he made that film. And Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing, what? In Las Vegas. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cool. Welcome to Deep Four, everybody. Oh, and that, sorry, I'm going to start that again. That I've undone my efforts and energy already. You fucked up. Welcome to Deep Four, everybody. <laughs> it's a podcast. You've joined in. It's exciting. We've got the energy today. Yes, we do. It's very loud. I peaked a little bit, but we're we're good. It's mm. going to be short, sharp, and shippy today. Going to get mostly maritime questions. Maritime? Hmm. What the fuck's that? Maritime? Like whales and that. Yeah. You have a huge... What is maritime? Marine. Not marine really that related, marine. those words, are they? It's got almost all of the letters. 
but then nah, Tim's really Tim snuck in. It doesn't really like it shares a lot of commonalities with other words too, like Marty. <laughs> I I don't know if that's necessarily a correlation of any significance. Same kind of letters. I suppose that's technically true. Different letters, same words. Same words, different letters. This is uh this is gonna be a slow one today. But hopefully one that. full of excitement because our energy levels are as they should be. You bring everyone's excitement levels down every time you do that louder. Well maybe okay. you should contribute a little bit. I have. Look, notes. What does I that can't say? Look. Next job. The... Okay? Boom. Bang. Alright? Fucking ungrateful piece of shit. Congratulations on your interview, by the way. Well thank you. It's not a job yet, but I appreciate the gesture. That's why I said congratulations on How your interview, I... you don't fucking listen. Yeah, but you wrote Nick's job. Yes. Nick's job related. Okay. Right. Can I have a can I have a sticky note, please? Oh, do you have anything prepared? I'm about to prepare. I'm about to prepare my side of this box. Well, I've got... I've already got four. And You've I've got already... four notes. And I've deleted one already. Damn it. You're so far ahead of me. Formerly five notes. Why am I doing all the effort to make this so perky when you've come prepared already? I, I ask myself that question every week. <laughs> all those times where you're putting in the energy. <laughs> I have no leg to stand on. I'll give you that. I uh, already did Dow Jones. <laughs> two or four already gone it's been five minutes uh i've got crocodiles spelt incorrectly just okay crocodiles with a made-up letter look at that letter what is that that's a hashtag what is this? we've got an audience here today no one's no one's uh oh everyone's committed to not saying anything we have austin here again which is part of the course he's actually been here most weeks just quietly sitting there, not doing anything. Or but Eleanor, she didn't say anything then, but she did acknowledge it. We're in a soundproof booth. I don't, booth. Know who I don't think they can hear is. us. Can they hear us? Can you guys hear us in there? Mic check. Mic check outside. No, I think they can't hear us. Oh, this one actually. I've, I've got this person. Like, correct spelling oh. of crocodiles. So that's how. That's how you spell. Oh, dude, I've got one that matches up with that because oh, yeah. I. This is like guess who? Oh my god! Oh, I can't believe that we came. Oh, prepared thank like you. That. Can I have this? You can keep that. You can. Put I'm gonna put it right underneath. Yeah. So we got like a subservient. I may system. as well just delete the first one because. I mean, now it's superfluous. But then it would be without context. It reminds me of a time when I didn't know how to spell crocodile. Crocodiles. I can't read. Emily White. Just uh, keeping there a little bit of a note for myself to remind myself of everyone's names. Emily. Underscore white at hotmail.com. <laughs> is that right? surname? <laughs> is that surname? <laughs> first name is Jewel. Um, this week, what are we talking about, Michael? Uh, something that you said. I sent a message last night yeah. to suggest that we could talk about mythology and the way that events and stories get passed on and becoming legends over time. Great. So, start us off, Michael. No, you start us off, I. Yeah. yeah, it was more of a thought than it was of direction, well, sadly. Well, spit something out, I'll absorb it. Why do you reckon that we still pay attention to, like, the Knights of the Round Table mythology or the Greek mythology of, you know, dragons and that kind of stuff? Uh, I think because it, it appeals to all demographics and it's more of like an underdog kind of thing. And you have, I think it, there's in those stories usually the classic kind of tales. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Classic kind of tales. They have that underdog kind of 
um, theme running through it and there's a lot of hope in it. So it's like a popularism thing. Uh, it's uh, aspirational. Like they get passed on because they're uh, satisfying, you know, satisfying to be told. Yeah. They're, and they're cheap. They're cheap. Yeah. In what sense? They're free. You just say them. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before books were around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, don't you think they're similar to religion in that way? Like, do you think that, because a lot of those early um, tales and that sort of stuff have morals and, and like analogies in them to you know take something away from the story so do a lot of um a lot of tales i suppose most stories do have a point that they're trying like to a communicate moral at the end of it like the bible just kind of took it a bit too far <laughs> you got a little bit overboard with the with the drafting my favorite tale that i can think of at the moment the pie piper what mm. kind of moral is in that the Pied Piper. Don't follow strange men Well, down the magical. Street. Like, you don't even have a choice. Right. Isn't it? Don't they just get compelled to follow them? Stay away from magicians. We'll stop. <laughs> I've lived my life uh, by those rules anyway. Does he live with rats? Does he live with what rats? Is, what is that story? Did the Pied Piper steal kids or rats? Does anyone know? Does anyone know? Emily, Fucking you know rats. a lot about rats. Oh, she nope, got that sorted. Got that. She got that sorted. She got that sorted. Yeah. Oh, that's a fix. So I can cross off, cross off Emily's rats. vermin infection. Just crossing that one off. I didn't tell him about the last bit. It is vermin that you're infected with, yeah? Okay. You can't be She's infected with vermin. Oh, you can. What's vermin? You can be infected by vermin, I suppose. Uh, well, yeah. The um, What's this? Were you a fan of... Oh, did you read Jason of the Argonauts and all that kind of stuff when you were younger? No. I remember when I was, oh, it must have been like year one or year two, um, at school they had a very prescribed um, reading um, sort of thing where you had to read book one before you read book two, before book three, and book one was like super easy, yeah. like just spot, basically. Yeah. And I was reading, you know, higher than that, and they wouldn't, let you just jump up to, you know, the level that you're at. And uh, I remember my parents, like, storming in because I was so bored um, and not, like, and distracted during those reading classes. And the teacher was, you know, had sent home, like, a note saying that he hasn't been concentrating. And my parents came in and said, yeah, it's because he's being forced to read, read, like, 15 books below what he's actually interested in reading. And the stuff that I wanted to read was... Um, a, this great big encyclopedia atlas of Greek mythology and, and Roman mythology and that kind of stuff. Really? Yeah. Wow. So there was this, you know, it, I had this great book. And I, wouldn't, I don't know what happened to it, but I had, um, you know, it had the Roman gods. Did you get you know, beaten over the head with it by a bully? I didn't. That's why. I, the person I became today. Um, but it had like Roman gods, it had the Greek gods, and I think even had like some Chinese stuff as well. So it was this big um, combination of all the various uh, mythological histories and a lot of which kind of seem shared like you know how the greek and the roman um, gods sort of have equivalents in like the cupid and the eros and they all kind of blur in from yeah there. like you can see the connections in terms of the shared um you know cultural overlap between these different places right and i found that like so fascinating that's cool kid. i like that kind of stuff i never really responded to any of that in terms of the greek mythology and 
Yeah. My dad was into it. Um, I don't know. Oh, really? Nothing turned me on about it at all. What do you mean your dad was into it? Uh, dad was into watching... <laughs> I remember my school holidays, he'd make us watch these like four-hour movies that would come on Channel 7 in the middle of the day. Right. Uh, about They were kind of like B-grade movies about um, uh, like Troy... Okay. And um, Like live action stuff, not animated stuff. But older stuff as well. Yeah. If you can imagine like a movie made in the 80s about Troy. Right. And it's a B-grade 80s, 80s movie. 80s Troy movie, sure. It's not, it's not, that doesn't appeal to me as a 12-year-old. Probably not, yeah. But he was into it. Yeah, I think so. Is that because it's, it was something that he was into as a kid? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know who he was. <laughs> it's true then. it's a bit hard to I was saying to um, it must have been Seb last night that you know I talked previously I think on here about my 21st present that my parents gave um, which was the letter that they'd written me each year on my birthday and um, both my parents had written a letter to me and then at my 21st birthday they'd got it like all bound together Yeah. and how the very revealing side of that you know rather than just being an account of my own growth was also at the very early stages how it had said um you know mummy and daddy don't really know what we're doing but we're going to try our best you know and realizing that at the time they were writing that they, they were, were 23 yeah. or 24 oh, no, that's, 22 that's a killer but that's, which like, is like us that's, that was just people like us well that's i think i've spent um and it's probably growing as well um spent the last few years finding myself really trying to find out who my parents were, who, who my dad was especially, who he was at around my age. Yeah. And it's almost like you're kind of trying to reach, it's like a hopeless kind of reaching back in time to kind of get your your, your parents then. Yeah. You can only ever... Advice as, as they saw the world when they were my age. Yeah. You can only ever get glimpses of that person... In, with the twenty twenty hindsight of the people they are now, like you right. can't you can't meet that person at that age. No. You know, you can only ever see it through them now as fifties, you yeah. know, sixties. Um, looking back at that and being like, I was an idiot back then, or I didn't know what I was doing, or I made this choice, and you know, if they you, they can't help but um, through the passage of time, you know, have some distance to that person, and, and you know, it's it's an impossible thing to really imagine because you can't separate. Um, your image of them as parents from your image of, you know, you can't take that away and imagine them just as someone like us, you know, someone that you could bump into and have a conversation with. Well, you can try. You can try to look at photographs and things like that. Yeah, you can get maybe a visual image, but not as a not as a sense of a person unchanged by parenthood. Uh, yeah, that's true. I'm all, I'm all, I'm just curious with it in general. Like yeah. when I was at your house the other day, I really yeah. wanted to see photos of your parents when they were younger. Yeah, it's um, it's like really highly emotional. Even if it's not, uh, you can have it uh, with someone else's family as well. Yeah, especially if you know strange. the person. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting to hear people talk about their younger selves i think um see like you um you mentioned that you're increasingly interested in in finding you know 
out about who your parents were. Yeah. I, I feel, you know, moments of guilt at times that I really you don't know that much about, you know, my parents' lives. Like, and, you know, I've been told, you know, over the years, and I just don't have that recall of, you know... But your parents also want a certain image of themselves for you, and they've been carving that over the course of your life, especially yeah. when your brain was... Uh, you know, kind yeah. of take him more in. Yeah. Uh, so they're kind of, they're, your parents create a character for themselves that they want you to see them as. Yeah. And then beyond a certain point, you kind of, it's too, almost too far. Yeah. I, you just kind of forget it. I'm even talking just like pure, like biological details. Like I vaguely <laughs> have a sense that my dad went to Westminster but I, I really don't know, you know, what primary school he went to. I don't have a sense, like, I've got terrible recall of what my grandparents did, yeah. you know, where they came from. I, I can't properly trace, um, you know, my ancestry and, and, you know, which generation it was that moved to Australia and all that kind of stuff. I just have a terrible, re, you know, recall of that stuff. And I always feel um, this pang of guilt, you know, uh, when I do catch up with grandparents or something like that you know, who are getting on a bit or, you know, having medical issues, being like, I should, I wish I had, you know, engaged with it and yeah. connected to it because it's it's a limited resource. Yeah, yeah. I felt that quite recently with my grandma too. And as much as we talk about being able to um, get glimpses of our parents, I think it's a lot harder to get a glimpse of your grandparents again, you know, like one further generation to understand the world that they were in which is, you know, our parents' world was resembled ours. You know, we can sort of imagine it. But our grandparents' world, when they were growing up, is yeah. so alien. You know, we don't have... It's such a weird relationship, the grandparent to grandson or daughter. Yeah. Because it's kind of like... <laughs> you just start off on the best foot. Like, when you think about grandparents... Uh, like relationships between grandparents yeah um and their grandchildren in in general do you think it's positive like i just think it's a very positive thing I think because most grandparents are delighted to have their first grandkid and that and sort of stuff they kind of i don't i don't know if it'd be too easy to say that they're kind of correcting what they would have done with their kids how they would have brought up or they're just taking a different role or they don't have the burden that they did when it was their yeah. their child but, Maybe, I mean, like, maybe not the responsibility. Not, yeah, but the by burdens, I just mean like you know, if it's when it's their kid, their first oh, right, thing, yeah. you know, they got the financial yeah, duties yeah, they're yeah, trying yeah, to work. Yeah, yeah. The first time it's happened, so it's, you know, it's a lot more stress free. Yeah, yeah. And this time, it's just you just get to enjoy it for what it is, rather than freaking out about if it's going to succeed. If yeah, you're doing you know a good enough job. Yeah. Um, Did you know your grandparents very well? My mum's um, side are both dead, so my grandmother. Died when I was probably five on that side, so 20 years ago, something like that. Maybe a bit older. How'd she die? Cancer. And then... What kind? I'm not sure, actually. It's possible it was... It's possible she died with cancer from something else. Not necessarily of cancer. Um, But possibly lung cancer. I think they were both smokers. After that, my grandfather stopped... Or maybe they both stopped when I was born, something like that. But um, so she died, and then, and then another what seven happened. years later, uh, my grandfather died. So on that side, I've ne- like that side of the family is quite um, sparse. 
but on the, the other one, um, on dad's side, we did know them as kids. Then there was like family feud. So we didn't really catch up with them for a while. And now we're sort of back into it again, but we lost the opportunity to be close to them. I think right. close, close. Mm. We're certainly friendly and we catch up a lot more than we ever did. But I think there was that sort of formative period when they could have been like a part of the family mm. rather than sort of an extension of it, if that makes any sense. That might have turned out badly anyway. It's possible. Might have just hated them. It's possible. It Do you so feel that with your them. grandparents? No, I barely know any of them. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, on either side? Yeah, don't see my mum's family. Um, Ever? Uh, last time I saw my grandfather was like 10 years ago. 10 years ago? Yeah. Why is that? Family stuff? Live in Queensland. Oh, okay. Distance. My pa- my mum's parents divorced at like 65. And it's a fucking Your mum's parents divorced at 65? Yeah, really like late, late. And um, my grandfather now, they're both really fucking happy now. <laughs> and, and my grandfather just lives by himself like in the forest. Really? Like in, um, in Queensland? In Queensland. He's got this like bungalow thing. Like it's really secluded apparently. Huh. It's really far. And my grandma... But you've never been, obviously. ...married again, like, two years later, to a fucking rich guy... Who At, what, owns 67? Canadian hotels. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't she, even... He's, like, 90 now, though. So she's in it for the money. She, she, <laughs> she is robbing the grave. And <laughs> she might fall in wow. herself. See that metaphor? See I did. That That's, it, it was an extent... Oh, yeah, layered. Yeah. Um... That's crazy. I could like. I mean, my um, my aunt got divorced, um, probably twenty years ago, and tried a little bit to see if there was, you know, another, you know, someone else out there, and then just gave up. And she's just like a, just single now. Oh, she's um, single. Yeah. So uh, if you're looking hey, for someone, hey, she cute. She's cute. She's cute. She's sixty-five. Nice. But um, I couldn't. Yeah. So remarried at 67, presumably with a wedding. Yeah, didn't get invited to it. Or maybe they had. No wedding. Eleanor's saying there was no wedding. I have no idea. I may have just made the whole bit up. None of this is true. None of it's true. But it is interesting, really, the way that those, uh, those histories of who our parents are are passed down with the bias of you know, the intent to shape it, shape the image of yourself. Like yeah. our parents, you know, never really tell the whole truth to you, particularly when you're a no. kid. They're always it's trying always to very selective. influence things in a... They filter the world. Absolutely. They, and um, then drip feed it to you. Yeah. I, like I have thought on occasions that parenting is kind of like scarring your kid the right way, you know, using... Um, trying to pass on uh, lessons or, or behaviors um, that you value um, as a result of what you went through as um, a child yourself. You know, it's always reactionary. And so as a result, you know, the whole do what I say, not what I do is basically the entirety of parenting. Yeah, it's, it is. I'm getting the chance now to... Um, fix the way that it happened to me or to impose my own, you know, attempts at doing this better than the last generation. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a stupid saying anyway. Do you think so? Yeah. Why is that? 
because it doesn't apply to everything. Do well, obviously it doesn't do. apply to everything, but it's kind of just stupid. Sometimes people just say things, and just because they're always said, people are just like, oh yeah, that's true. But just because it's, it's just someone, some something someone made up. Just because it's like and it got went viral. Yeah, it's, it's in it's it's sticky. Like it, it it it's catchy enough to be passed on as like yeah, a it, meme it, rather it, than to have any. Significance. And you can just so easily just gloss over it because it sounds so nice off the tongue. But yeah, it doesn't actually mean no. anything important. Yeah. Do you um think that there are any things? Are we telling any stories today? That I had one we'll, story. It's called the most ridiculous lie ever. But I'll get to that later. Oh, I got a picture of you. Are you fucking sketching me? Um, this is not what I look like. It's kind of... It's pretty accurate. Panel? Panel? This that's, is that's deeply inspect- offensive. Panel? Out of 10? You have you aged me at least 25 out years. I'm not going to say number. 15. 15 out of 10. Pretty accurate. Emily? A second. Two 15s out of 10 and an abstention. I'll give it a 9. Okay, so I'm... Pretty happy with that. I'll let you. Like it's objectively just, good. I'm just pissed off about it. I'm, emotion- <laughs> I'm emotionally attached. Thanks, man. No worries. I want to. Um, yeah. Do you think that there are stories that we're creating now that will have the ability to last in the way that um, mythology and legends has a thousand years ago? Hmm. I think it will follow the same formula. Mm-hmm. That uh, hero kind of formula. Yeah. Um, I think that will that will remain constant as a skeleton. It's funny in the like whenever you see a like a sci-fi film or a um, uh, like a post-apocalyptic thing, it's often common. Or like say Terminator, you have this um, depiction of a society which reveres like a person or an image. It's like oh, John Connor is is you know I can't believe he's here and everyone knows about him. But to me, that seems so. Um, fictional like I, I can't ever the believe the messiah thing yeah I can't yeah. ever sort of see uh, in coming out of today's world how people could operate at that level where we um, where all of a sudden having come from a society which is now so fact and information based and so you know grounded you know we don't believe in dragons and that kind of stuff anymore I, I find it hard to envisage a way that we could now create stories that have that kind of well uh, scale or, or you know they do it with movies though like but that that's you know I is is the do you mean like stories that are handed down yeah I mean because it's it's it won't it won't be that way probably it'll be personal kind of things so you think that there is still an ability that an actual human event that occurs between people these days will survive. Well, do you, do you think, as a guess, the that people parents read to their children before bed uh, more in the past than they do now? Um, I think they probably read more now because they're more literate. But I think you you probably it happened the storytelling before bed was probably much more popular in the um, Dark Ages kind of pre-industrial So I think society. so too. I think we're heading away from that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and kids are find, will probably find their own kind of stories online. Online? Yeah. 
I, uh, I didn't really say that with any confidence. Yeah. I wasn't sure about it. I mean, I think we'd, we'd be shifting from uh, human uh, human narration of stories, human, you know, moments like that the towards a consumption of something else's product. So, like, watching a, that TV show for the story rather than the parent sitting there making up some tale, you know. Yeah. I think we've lost that um, drive... Um, as individuals to be responsible for that kind of story creation. I don't know if, um, I, I can't see today anything approaching that level of, um, of appeal or, um, popular popularism that would, um, see it, pass on because we all now have the data retention that you know the moments are captured anyway you know we have the cameras and the videos for real world events and that will always transfer down generations so you it won't be myth because from basically now on any generation can go back and find the actual event it's not it's not a I don't think it's about that. I mean, maybe we should, maybe we should ask: Do people need stories? I think so. But and they're popular because they, as you said, they're underdog stories, or they're satisfying as a um, as a uh, you know catharsis or a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an escape from reality. Otherwise, it wouldn't have survived so long. Mm-hmm. But how is it? I'm kind of losing concentration. The uh, the Greek fables and those kind of things, the um, you know those myth- mythological things, they they were stories, right? They they weren't bastardized versions of true events. Yeah. Do you think? I don't know. Because I don't feel like those are things which have been, um, they're not store. I don't think that they're true events which has become, which have become distorted over the time. Mm. I think they were stories. Um, I don't really know what you're saying. Okay. What's your favorite story? Of that simple nature. Sure. Um. I'm not sure. What about yours? Wizard of Oz. That's a good one. I uh, I always like Jason and the Argonauts. I like the um, or um, the Hercules stuff where it was like a series of tasks, like right. these these sort of uh, there's a guy on a quest and he had to do this and then he had to get that and then he had to beat this and then he had to do that, you know, rather than um, a sort of self-contained little thing i like the uh, the the romanticism of this guy on like a journey i thought that was always quite appealing it's pretty epic mm, the ep- exactly the epic scale sort of stuff mm. um, i thought i suppose that's the same as the wizard of oz really you know it's, it's a girl going along trying to get this guy um, you know a heart in the sky a brain that kind of stuff and on this you know trip it's mm. a similar um motif yeah i really identified with dorothy yeah 
what's the um, greatest lie you've ever told? What's that? What's that post-it note for? Uh, I just thought of it before. I just remembered this ridiculous lie that I told ages ago. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd say, are we done with what we're talking about? Sure. I'm we uh, covered all the bases. We got the basics done. Cool. All right. That's in the archives now. That's in the archives. They'll be able to look to this in 2,000 years. This is the new segment. <laughs> okay, good. What's the thing, Because none of the other ones have lasted. Well, we didn't... We're uh, desperately trying to create segments. One of us is desperately. You did, if you brought your laptop in, I would have been happy to do science news. <laughs> I would have allowed you to do science news. <laughs> Greatest lie ever told. I don't know why I remember this today, mm-hmm. but I told a lot of people this. When I was about 12, uh, maybe a bit younger, uh-huh. I went to see my dad go get his blood taken. Right. And As in your dad took you when he was doing that? Yes. Okay. And then, I think I might have said this before, but this is, it's in two parts. Okay. So stay with me, guys. I'm here. Um, so he went to get his blood taken and they were joking about... <laughs> oh my fucking God, Nick. <laughs> Sorry, I How apologize. dare you sneeze during the most vulnerable <laughs> moment? <laughs> I'm sorry, that was vulnerable. Vulnerable. That was oh, a, an unfortunate timing. I sneezed all over. It was. Like... <laughs> Does my emotion give you the sniffies, Nick? The uh, the old hay fever. Are you allergic to my to pouring my heart out? Maybe I'm just not used to it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Go for should, it. I apologize. You should take something for that. Um, where was I? Before you were I was with your. <laughs> You're with your father as he was giving blood. Yeah. So the nurse were talking about, I remember people fainting. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, people sometimes faint when they see blood. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I remember thinking that's crazy. Yeah. And then she got out the thing. Now this is all true, this part. And then <laughs> I okay. fainted. Uh-huh. Wait, it's, she got out like the needle or like the bag of blood. She got out the, she put it in a tube and she like showed it to me oh, and yeah. I just fainted. Wow. Um, that's poor nursing. Yeah. <laughs> but So a lot of people faint when I do this. But when I told this story after it happened, yeah. uh, soon after it happened, mm-hmm. when I was circulating the story, yeah. I, think, I think I thought it was like cool to tell people I fainted. Uh-huh. And people were like, oh, you fainted. And oh there was gosh. like attention. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, yeah. I fainted you guys when I saw blood. Yeah, I don't know. Just <laughs> weird like that. But when I told people that, I told them that when that started, when I started getting responses for the, just the blood thing, yeah. I decided to up take it up a notch. <laughs> and I said that, and this is the most ridiculous thing ever, yeah. right? I said that there were, there was a tray of needles, syringes, because okay. okay. they take blood, yeah. facing needle up, <laughs> and yeah. I was about to fall onto it. Oh my gosh. And my dad caught me. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I just realized something. <laughs> What's that? It's the daddy issues again. Oh, I made up a story when my dad saved, saved my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to have That's to wonderful. think about that later. I'm going to have to call him. Oh boy. That has Another opened up sweaty eyes a moment. pretty dark vault in pretty my brain. Vault. Okay. Well, it's better than I suppose. Him letting you hit the tray of needles. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find that that um, story got you better responses than the first one? People tuned out. People tuned out. Yeah. 
they did they yeah. suspect there may not have been an accurate representation i i can't say for sure but i i think especially given the fact that i wasn't telling just kids my own age yeah i was trying to convince like 35 year olds yeah yeah um that and you know that yeah, they probably that doesn't happen. That does the, not how that, the hospitals don't leave syringes <laughs> out facing. face up, just <laughs> yeah. there next to small children. They don't do that. They're yeah. better than that. We've come a long way, uh, and no one really bought that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the eighties <laughs> when anything went. Like happen. where the syringes go, there. Yeah. Which way? Face, face up, up, you idiot. Yeah. Oh, they got to stand. We've also left the. Uh, why is there a tray of syringes? Like, why is there a tray? They we left the chloroform uh, bottle open, and uh, made sense. the defibrillator pads are charged and just lying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Help yourself. Uh, uh, yeah. That's good. It's cut. You see those de- defibrillator things in like malls? Yeah, the automated. It's, a, it's like thing. Yeah. Hey, by the way, if someone's heart stops everyone while you're doing your shopping, yeah. here's where you can save them. Yeah. Isn't it's that a awesome? bit like, oof. And it's not like, only that, chill out. but simple enough chill for out, Westfield. Joe Public to actually operate. Yeah. Like it's smart, like when you put on the pads, it actually measures it and then works out what needs to be done. Really? Yeah. And it'll say, you know, apply CPR or it'll say we need to defibrillate or whatever. And then you just hit a button and, and it does it. <sighs> technology these days it's great it's by the sushi stop sushi shop in uh Mitchum shopping center yeah if you ever have a heart attack that's where you need to crawl to <laughs> to yourself yeah yeah i'll get my dad to carry me uh he's not around for that kind of stuff <laughs> he hasn't been around for years Michael. when i tell the doctors he will be okay well, we're at about uh 37 44 we did it we did it that was concise it was concise it was effective and it wasn't Oh, we kind of did the story thing. We did the story stuff. It all leads back to, to parents, parents all the time. Yes. Now, impression of the week. One of those segments that you're Ugh. a big fan of. Do you want to hear my Emily Ugh. White? Oh, this is I left myself a note. Emily White. Okay. Impression. No, that was no, that was for remembering her name. It was oh, underscore. Sorry, that's this is the other. That's what I. Okay. Tell it Oh no, this <laughs> that's this. Okay. Yeah. So none of these are about Emily White impression. I don't think so. I've got nothing on The great news about this. What, what do you still have stuck on your thing? Yeah, I got things. Okay. Um the great thing about this is my Emily White impression doesn't even have to be good because you've never spoken. So no one can judge it otherwise. Are you ready? Hey, Emily White, what what's the deal with this? That's pretty good actually. What do you think? What do you think? Out of ten. No. A zero, or is that aces? She's pretty on board. Emily White, what's the deal with that? Nick, there is no Emily White. What? She's been dead a long time, Nick. But who's that behind you? There's no one there, Nick. Oh my god. I need to go see a doctor. Yes, you do. I fell on some syringes earlier, so I've been seeing people. <laughs> um, I want to know what you're... It's a real threat, Nick. Don't joke about it. It's a real threat. People... Just PSA, don't fall on syringes. Loads of people die every day from that exact thing happening. Oh my gosh. Why do I not hear more about it? The news cuts it out. Because they're dead. They can't tell people. Um, what's your last sticky? I got four more. You got four <laughs> more stickies. I got a lot to get through, buddy. <laughs> so, We're just getting started. Oh man, I, I would have... Nah, uh, just the crocodiles thing. Okay. I was going to do a movie review. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I like, kind of like the segment where we just do a movie review of just like an old movie. Yeah. And it's kind of... Uh, maybe Ben needs to do that. Yeah. You can say that for Ben. 
save it for Ben. Give him something. Well, you know. thank you for uh, joining us all here today. Thank you, Nick. Austin is doing his yoga at the moment. I think that's the dead moon. You never uh, thank me. There's a reason. You always thank everyone else. You never Thanks say so. thank you, always Michael. Always a pleasure. Or... Always, you've just been. I've loved your energy over there on the couch today. And Emily. Yeah. Uh, it's been great to see you here. No worries, Nick. I'm happy to come in anytime you like. Emily, what? You're a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, you can. Uh, Subscribe to us on uh, deepfortthepodbean.com or on iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and send us emails and questions deepfort at podbean.com at gmail. deepfortgmailshow.podbean at com. That's not funny. It is funny. No, it's not. Go into the panel. Panel? No, a lot of frowns. You were right. Just shut up. Have a good week. Bye.